Life changes when you make yourself a priority and when you choose to take responsibility for your happiness and healing. By listening to this podcast, you'll learn about adoption from all sides of the adoption triad and you'll walk away with self-healer tools so that you know how to adopt yourself and transform your life by accepting, choosing, unconditionally loving, and prioritizing you. You don't have to be an adoptee to adopt yourself. Anyone can do it. And remember, adoption doesn't happen overnight and neither does adopting yourself. So practice patience and self-compassion and message me if you have any questions or desire guidance. Thank you for listening. I love you. being and welcome back to another episode of the adopt yourself podcast i am so grateful to be right here right now on this beautiful earth plane with you i view time as irrelevant so if you're listening to this or watching this on youtube months years from now we're in the same shared space together so thank you for pressing play thank you for being here and thank you for being you (sighs) Today is November 2nd, and 2020, and it is so interesting to think about what might happen tomorrow. (laughs) Something I think about often, what might happen tomorrow, but tomorrow with this presidential election particularly feels just like a big question mark, and I took a week off from podcasting because... I was really leaning in to shedding what was coming up for me, to fully feeling it and shedding it and releasing it, and to really, really, really taking a deeper look at myself and what blockages I put up, what limiting beliefs I had put up, uh, what victim consciousness I was projecting onto other people, and like just so many lessons and learnings came from it. And a lot of it came with knowing that November was coming and Adoption Awareness Month is here. And what? how do I really feel about that? And so on this share, I am sharing my top self-healer tips surrounding how to navigate National Adoption Awareness Month, as well as how to navigate what might unfold with this presidential election and what might unfold in the future for each and every one of us human beings on this beautiful planet. Because let's face it, none of us know. And all we can do is prepare ourselves as best as we can to ride the waves, to learn how to surf and to remain buoyant no matter what unfolds, whether it's in our physical realm, whether it's in our collective realm, whether it's something we can see, smell, touch, or feel, or if it's just something on television or in a newspaper telling us what's happening. National Adoption Awareness Month was actually something I didn't know about until a year ago. And I am turning 33 in in five months. But it took 32 years for me to hear, or 31 and a half years, for me to hear about National Adoption Awareness Month. And I'm an adoptee. And so for me, that showed me just the lack of organization around adoption resources and around healing and just support for adoptees, for adoptive parents, for birth parents. And... 
so much has come to me in the past year since I started hosting um, an adoptee healing and support group of the importance of adoptees coming together and the importance of adoptees sharing our voices and having our voices actually heard because so much of adoption just highlights it from the perspective of an adoptive parent. And it's all beautiful because an adoptee is chosen into a new family. And I've even had conversations with people saying, aren't you just happy? I'm like, yeah, I am. And there's so much that goes along to being adopted and the trauma of the separation at birth from your birth mother and the primal wound and all these other traumas that you experience as an adoptee as a baby or as a child or as a young adult. It's trauma. And our society doesn't talk about the dirty, deep, dark secrets or the things that are uncomfortable because we aren't taught how to communicate well with others. We aren't taught how to have strong relationships with ourselves. And so then if we aren't having strong acknowledgement of how we actually feel, how can we actually voice that to someone else without getting activated or agitated or triggered? And we end up in these areas in life, these circumstances in life where people aren't being seen, heard, or understood. And as an adoptee, I have felt that way my whole life. I still feel that way most days that I'm not seen or understood or heard. And that's why I'm so grateful for fellow adoptees to connect with and for non-adoptees to start having a better understanding of what we go through. A lot of what we go through, not just adoptees go through, but there's just more layers to what our experiences are, more layers to rejection, more layers to fear of abandonment, just more layers to codependency, people pleasing, identity crises, all, you know, all of the things adoptees move through that are challenging and Adoption Awareness Month is an opportunity for us to highlight our stories as adoptees, as adoptive parents, as birth parents, but also for me, it's, I just feel like an activation is waiting to happen around the corner by hearing someone else's story or learning about someone else's story and... That is why I came today with these self-healer tips because I wasn't able to navigate it well last year. And last year, even though I've been, I've known about my adoption my whole life and I've been navigating through therapies and different things, I felt last year that I took things personally and that I was overwhelmed with all of the stories that were going on and which reminds me to write down don't take things personally as one of my tips uh and so let me just write that down um whatever I'll come back to that um so these these tips are for everyone You don't have to be an adoptee for these tips to help. And it doesn't have to be Adoption Awareness Month for these tips to help. These will help. These will support. 
these will remind you to come back and to figure out what's important, what actually matters to you in this moment, in this breath, and to then go from there, to not let yourself get overwhelmed or spiral down something, to come back to center, to come back to your breath. And I pray that more adoptees find and embody that they are worthy for being exactly who they are, that they don't need to change, they don't need to fix anything, they aren't broken, they don't need to heal, they are healed, and that you are perfectly imperfect just as you are. And I pray that more adoptees come together in community for more opportunities for each and every one of us to be seen to be heard, to be loved, to be appreciated, to be understood, and to be respected by fellow adoptees who can actually understand our experiences because they've lived them too. So, I also pray that adoptive parents find more support for adopted children, regardless of their age, for adoptees to be with adoptees and to have adoptee mentors, which is something that I'm creating and co-creating. So if you're listening and you are an adoptee or you desire an adoptee mentor, reach out to me. And Adoption Awareness Month is every day. It's not just the month of November. And some content surrounding adoption will come from people who are speaking and sharing from scars while others will be sharing from wounds. So it's really important to keep that in mind and to remember that some people are still in their wounds. Some people are still in anger. Some people are still in rage. Some people are still in frustration. And they project that. They project it energetically. They project it through writing, through, through sharing, through videos, through whatever. But know that not everyone is an expert. You're the only expert because you are the master of yourself. And don't put people on pedestals thinking that they are fixed and healed and whatever. We're all healing and we are all healed at the same time. And just be aware that people will speak from wounds this month and in following months surrounding adoption because wounds keep coming up. They keep getting reactivated. And there's a way to speak from the scar instead of speaking from the wound. But just keep that in mind when you're sharing yourself or when you're reading someone else's content or consuming someone else's content. And there will be stories that might activate you. So prepare to navigate any activation that may come up and know that everything you need is already within you. Everything you need is within you. I cannot stress that part enough. Everything you need is within you. This took me a while to learn and to embody and to embrace and to remind myself of daily is that I don't need to look externally for an answer. I'm able and capable of looking deeper within for that answer. Because if it's not in my human mind, it's in my heart. And if it's not in my heart, it's in my soul and in my spirit and in my connection to God and my connection to a power greater than me. It's all within me and it's a, t it's a time for me 
to embrace remembering of what is my truth, to embrace remembering of oneness, to embrace remembering of looking at life through spirit's eyes. And that's what I've started to do with adoption more is to really look at it through spirit's eyes. And I'll be sharing on more podcast episodes coming up around what that actually means for me. Um, and spirit's eyes is each individual's connection with spirit. There is no right or wrong way to have a relationship with spirit or to speak from spirit. Spirit is a connection of oneness. Spirit is a connection of universal love. And when we look through the lens of spirit, we're able to see more of the gifts in life instead of focusing on the traumas or instead of focusing on the wounds, instead of focusing on the challenges, we can see the overall bigger gift from a more universal lens, from a just broader perspective, like an aerial view. And so that's what I've been focusing more on my life in my circumstances and also surrounding individual aspects of my life that relate to my daily trauma management and relate to my challenges and activations. How can I, you know, take an aerial view to what's going on? So adoption, I'm sure I've said this many times before on this podcast, adoption is a trauma. And the separation from the birth mother at any age is a trauma. And I am not saying that adoption is a trauma for every adoptee because the only person who can say what a trauma is for themselves is the person themselves. So I could be looking at a five-year-old child running around a lake with a goose chasing after her And I could be laughing as an onlooker because it's like cute. It's like a little duck or goose chasing after a little five-year-old kid. But to that child, she might be in fight or flight. She might think that goose is going to come kill her. And so a trauma can happen to someone and it can look differently to someone else. And so although I say adoption is a trauma another adoptee could easily say that it's not for them. And I respect that and I honor that because that is their chosen perspective. So trauma management is a daily commitment of practices to navigate what comes up in order to experience more healing and more growth. And I'll be sharing more on trauma management specifically in upcoming episodes And also check out my Instagram because I'll be sharing uh, different videos on there as well. And I'll share it on YouTube too. Um, And I'll write my Instagram handle and YouTube channel in the show notes. So let's just jump into these tips. Because I could keep talking about the overall picture and different lenses of adoption and of healing forever. Um, The biggest tips that I kind of, I was so excited to write these because I was really leaning in and thinking what would have helped me last year starting to navigate this more, starting to really share my story more, starting to hold space for more adoptees and co-create containers for spiritual healing for adoptees. And it was really the self-healer tools, the self-healer tips. What could I do by myself to prioritize myself, take care of myself, but also set myself up for a stronger healing journey. And if you haven't listened to other episodes, I 
really began my healing journey about six years ago. And I didn't have someone there holding my hand. I had to figure it out myself. So my whole purpose in sharing, whether it's through this podcast or with my upcoming book, Adopt Yourself, it's so that I can share the medicine that I found within myself, within my darkness, within my shadows, the medicine that I found and the path that I took. And so within my upcoming book, Adopt Yourself, it's a self-healing guide guiding you along this healing journey of different tips along the way that will help you navigate what might come up and so that you can really commit to a journey yourself and that you can really just go introspectively into your own self and contemplate on your own instead of looking for someone else, you know, to hold your hand or to be there because I believe we are our own saviors, we are our own gurus, we are our best teachers. So if I can provide anyone, even if it's just one person with a tool that will help them one day, then I've done my job. I've lived my purpose. And so that is my why behind sharing. That is my why behind expressing. And I'm just really, really grateful, really, really grateful to be in a place now to share what has helped me on my journey And so if you are looking for support, I am here and I'm happy to provide you with any tools that have supported and aided me along the way. All right, so let's jump into these self-healer tips. All right, take it one day at a time, one hour at a time, whether it's Adoption Awareness Month, whether it's whatever happens with this election, whether it's five years from now, some big challenge comes in your life, whatever it is, come back to your breath. Come back to the present moment and think about, okay, what can I do in this hour? What do I want to do in this hour? Do I want to take a nap? Do I want to cook myself some yummy food to nourish my body? Do I want to walk outside and ground to mother earth? Um, Come back to yourself and yeah let's just jump jump right in okay so as my foot is falling asleep because I'm sitting on the floor (laughs) uh and I'm in this beautiful cabin right now in Mammoth and uh just so grateful to be here when I mentioned earthing I was like oh I just did such a great earthing practice before this and I'm happy I did it because the sunset early today with daylight savings so all right here we go. And that little noise is my Shiva Lingam stone that is on the ground rolling around, <laughs> uh, which I'll share about crystals and stones in another episode. Um, it's been so supportive in my healing, uh, have been crystals. All right. So I mentioned earlier, don't take things personally, which I did not include in these top ones. So, all right, here we go. Number one, honor you for being you. Respect and honor all aspects of yourself and honor your journey for being uniquely yours and yours alone. Now, there were so many times in my life that I did not respect myself, that I did not respect my body, that I did not respect my heart. 
And by me not respecting myself, it resulted in me having very challenging moments, confrontations, circumstances that were really painful because I didn't prioritize me. I didn't honor me. And regarding NAM, which is National Adoption Awareness Month, I know that I will see information, content from all sides of the adoption triad, adoptees, adoptive parents, birth parents. And I know that there will be activations. And for me to not compare myself or my journey to someone else's, and for me to honor my journey for being what it is, for me to honor my mind, my heart, my spirit, to honor my emotions, surf the waves, and mind the ebbs and flows, and just stay buoyant. One of my biggest mantras is to flow like water with ease and grace. And that is something I write in my journal every morning so that I remind myself to be water and to just ride the waves, not to try to throw a dam in it to try to stop it from going down or to keep it from staying up high, to just ride it. And especially with emotions. And as an adoptee, to honor my past, to, as an adoptee and as just a human, to honor my past, to honor my present, and to honor my future me. And most importantly, to honor my inner child, to honor the five-year-old Allie who felt so unheard that she didn't know what to do with herself. Or the 15-year-old me who was so terrified of abandonment that she kept doing things for other people, prioritizing them before her. Or the 29-year-old Allie who did the same thing. It comes back to the inner child and it comes back to the first 7 to 21 years of our life. What we do then plays out at other times in our adulthood. And so how can we honor our inner child for being exactly who he or she or they are without trying to change them? And to also honor your grown adult who you are today, or if you're still a child in your teens, who you are today, and to honor your future self, to honor your journey, whether you decide to share it or not, but to share it based on what your heart is telling you, not based on what other people are telling you, not based on if you sharing your story might activate someone else, which is something I've moved through a lot of trying not to be insensitive to my birth parents or to my adoptive parents or to anyone who's who's been part of my story and it hindered me it stopped me from sharing and I've moved through it to the place that I'm at now is knowing I'm sharing from my heart and I'm not doing it to bring someone else down I'm not doing it to hurt someone else I'm sharing so that other people know that they aren't alone And so if you do desire to share your story, honor your story for being yours and yours alone. 
All right, number two, which was almost number one because it's so important. Guard your mind at any cost and be mindful of your consumptions. So guard your mind at any cost. It's one of the best pieces of advice I've ever been given. And I feel like I say that often about so many different things. But guarding your mind at any cost, it's so important because I used to think my heart was the most vulnerable part of me. It wasn't. It's not. It's my mind. My mind can be tricked into thinking these thoughts, going down these little spirals and into these dark rabbit holes trying to figure out what's going on or trying to control what's happening, trying to manipulate situations or manipulate people to get the outcome that I desire because my mind thinks that if I don't get what I want in the way that I think about it, the way that I think it might happen, I won't be happy. I won't be safe. And to come back to knowing that we can protect our mind, we can guard our mind and we do so by being mindful of what we consume, how we consume, and when we consume. And that starts with being aware of our energy, being aware of how we feel. And to know that if we do go through a thought pattern that does lead to a spiral, that does lead to a rabbit hole, we can come back to center. We can come back to our breath. We can come back to our physical space. We can smell, we can see, we can touch, we can feel. We can listen and we can then come back and ground into the earth, ground into ourselves, ground into our bodies. And we can always pull ourselves back, know that. And to be mindful of our energetic investments with consuming content. So a lot of people will be sharing this month about adoption You don't have to consume everything all at once. It's okay to save links or posts or to read at a later date. It's okay to take days off social media. I've done it before. It's wonderful. I took all of August off of social media. It was the happiest month I've ever experienced in my life. And um, a lot of that comes with because when we open social media, we compare. We compare ourselves to others or we compare others to us. And when we're in that comparison, it then brings down our vibration into lower vibration frequencies and this whole other spiral happens with that energetically, which I'm not going to get into right now because I'm now realizing we're already at 26 minutes and we're only on number two. (laughs) And yes, I am being a total goofy kid today because I am just so full of joy and love today and letting myself goof off as much as humanly possible in this year of 2020. Because if you're not going to act like a kid sometimes and just laugh at yourself, when are you going to do it? I've taken life so seriously so many times that just goofing around more. And all right. When it comes to consumption... And so consumption, I initially usually thought, oh, it's just what you're eating and drinking. Nope. Consumption is what you're breathing, what you are smelling, what you are listening to, 
what you are feeling, what you are watching, what you are reading. It's everything in your environment. And with social media, we end up sometimes we end up consuming things without realizing how much we're consuming or what we're consuming or wow it's been 20 minutes and I thought I I only opened up social media to post something and here I am 20 minutes later watching two more videos uh and when we have these overconsumption moments they lead to energetic draining whether it's overconsumption of food, whether it's overconsumption uh, of alcohol. If, if I don't drink alcohol anymore, but if someone's drinking too much alcohol, it'll end up draining them energetically, physically, mentally, emotionally. If it's with food, it happens. It's happened to me before that I end up eating too much and then I suddenly feel really tired. And so it's to just really important to keep in mind when we are consuming, what is it doing to us energetically? Is it starting to drag us down in any way? Is it lifting us up? Is Are we neutral? And energetic draining leads to mental, emotional, and spiritual dehydration, which will distract you from living a well and balanced life. And so this is just a reminder that it's okay to say no. It's okay to log off technology. It's okay to take a pause. And especially with what happens with this election, it's okay to pause. It's okay to not talk about it with other people and actually feel whatever you need to feel yourself before you engage with someone else. And that goes for any circumstance in life. It's really best for us to feel into ourselves first and really decide how we feel and then talk to someone else, and then engage, and then, you know, communicate. And to be, when we are consuming, whether it's food, whether it's beverages, whether it's smells, if it's essential oils, or if it's someone else's perfume that you're not really liking, whatever it is, to be mindful of your body's response, of your somatic responses, and your energetic shifts with consuming content and or with speaking about adoption related topics or emotions and tend to yourself excuse yourself from the situation if you energetically feel a block coming it's okay to excuse yourself from a conversation it's okay it's okay so keep that in mind and Let's see what else did I write for this one. And yes, I have many notes for this. Usually on podcast episodes, I just talk with whatever comes up. But this one, for some reason, I just felt I desired to really navigate it by writing some notes down. So this is a different format for this podcast episode 15. And um, all right. Number three. Invest in yourself first. Now, this can mean so many different things, but let's just take it really simply. What happens when you first rise in the morning? What are the tools that you are providing yourself with for the rest of the day? The tools that support you in having 
the type of day you desire and being prepared and feeling stable for whatever may unfold throughout your day. So invest in yourself first and prioritize your overall well-being by committing to a rising ritual. Now, I first started a rising ritual five years ago. And I committed to 10 minutes of meditation every morning before I did anything else. It completely transformed my life. And it was one of the best decisions I ever made until I decided to start adding to that ritual, which was an even better decision. But it can be so simple. It doesn't have to be a 30-minute meditation or a two-hour practice like how mine is today. It can be anything that lays a solid foundation for contemplation, for healing and growth that will support you in feeling stable and remaining buoyant no matter what you are faced with throughout your day. So when we first open our eyes and rise into this beautiful 3D realm again every morning, can we just hug ourselves, give ourselves a hug and say, I love you. I love you. Welcome. Welcome to this world again. Welcome to the conscious world and just rub up on yourself. Give yourself a hug. I always have, I always reiki myself every morning and I have one hand on my chest, on my heart and one hand on my belly and then I reiki my whole body. Um, I also have red roses with me all the time and I just, uh, grace, uh, what do I do? Not grace, what's the word? I, uh, yeah, I kind of just graze a uh, red rose along my skin to really just like have a moment of self-pleasure that's not sexual. A moment of just embracing the feeling of nature on my body. And I suggest red roses because they have the highest frequency and they're just beautiful and amazing. And so then after that, I listen to my favorite songs. I have a playlist that I play every morning and I get up and dance and I go grab my toothbrush and I brush my teeth as I make my bed. And then I dance around, usually naked, <laughs> just dancing like a goofball. And then I uh, end up washing my face and using my gua sha and my oil and then I sit down for a meditation and but all of this started with me first committing to 10 minutes of meditation every day and I also now always have a yoga practice somewhere in there so sometimes before I sit down for a meditation I do a 20 minute yoga practice and right now it's been kundalini which has transformed my life and I say that about every self-healer tool because they all transform my life and <laughs> It's just like every time it's like, oh, this is the next up level. This is the next chapter. This is the next growth. And I'm so grateful for that. But if you don't have a rising ritual, start by just hugging yourself in the morning. Start by some I am affirmations when you first rise. It could be just out loud or in the mirror. I also didn't mention what I do before I get out of bed is I always pray always pray 
I say thank you for this beautiful rest. I say thank you for this land. Thank you for this earth. Thank you for the human beings that I share this space with. Thank you for the ability to move my body and all my senses. Thank you for all the love within me and throughout this beautiful planet, universe, and realm. <sighs> Thank you. I'm trying to remember. What else do I say? <laughs> I have a whole... Uh, thank you for supporting me and stepping into my best self today to be present to the love, joy, and beauty in my life. May I live, think, speak, and act in a way that uplifts and inspires all who cross my path and beyond. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And customize it to whatever you feel called. And I've grown this and edited it over the years, and I keep growing it. I have a night ritual where I say prayers, but start your day off by prioritizing you. And do that with gratitude, gratitude for yourself and gratitude for what you're calling in as well. And another suggestion for rising rituals is to add in silence to your days. And this allows for deeper contemplation of what's present on your mind, on your body, and also on your spirit, as well as what needs to be released in order for more growth to happen. So when I sit in meditation, I used to listen to pre-recorded meditations. I now just do shamanic meditations of uh, whatever comes up. I just focus on my breath and I see whatever comes up. Sometimes I do unity breath. Sometimes I connect to Mother Earth and Father Sky and then to my heart and get into my heart center, which is another practice I'll be sharing soon. Uh, but it, I really just listen to myself. I listen to my mind and I every time I go into meditation, I remind myself that I am not my mind. I am not my thoughts. I am not the thoughts that I receive. I am the observer who is witnessing the thoughts that are coming and going through my mind. And that I am the soul, that is the spirit that is observing this, who's in this human body, so that I don't spiral out into these mental thoughts. And sometimes I do. Sometimes I catch on to them, and I let the chatter take over, and then I think, up. Oh, Wow, how did I get down the spiral? Okay, let me go back to my breath. What breath? This breath. Breathe in. Breathe out. This breath. And keep coming back to this breath, whatever this breath is, until I feel back into my body and until I ease my mind again. And I'll be sharing much more on meditation in a specific meditation podcast. Um, so if you already have a miracle morning practice or a rising ritual, what about adding 10 minutes of gratitude practice, gratitude journaling, gratitude mantras, extra prayers, calling in what you desire to see, feel, and experience for yourself and for our human collective? Because right now and what's to come, it's a beautiful time for us to pray for others, to pray for others that we don't even know. Because we all need more prayers. We all need more love. We all need more support. And prioritizing yourself is also energetically investing in yourself first, filling your own cup up first before you pour into other people. And... I am not a parent, but I know that it's hard to do that when you have children running around in the morning. But what can you do in those moments before they wake up? 
how can you prioritize you even if it's one minute, five minutes, 10 minutes, what can you do so that you still have that time with yourself so that you call your soul into your body so that you love up on yourself before you engage with another human being. Even if it's rolling over and kissing your partner, whatever it is, what can you do to love up on yourself first? And then enforce boundaries when you're feeling depleted. It's okay to say no. It's okay to tell a friend, hey, I love you. I am not in a place to talk right now. I'm not in a place to hold space right now. I'm not in a place to co-create a container for this right now. Can we touch base on this another time? I need to honor my space. I need to honor my process. I need to honor whatever it is that's coming up. People will understand when you are that transparent with them and communicate what's really on your heart, what's really on your mind, what's really on your body, and that you need time for you. It's okay to prioritize yourself. So find practices that bring you joy, love, and stability. If it's just dancing, great. Do it every morning. Do it in the middle of the day when you need a little break from whatever your, whatever project or task you're working on. Keep filling your cup up throughout your whole day and you will see how much better you feel overall regardless of what's happening in the world because you're filling yourself up first. Number four, prepare yourself for potential activations. So this can look in many different ways. My suggestion is to have a plan ready to move through anything that might come up. So regarding adoption awareness, it would be great to have a journal, keep a journal, write down words or phrases that you feel resistance to, or that you feel an activation around. And I say activation instead of trigger because from my trauma-informed trainings and practices, activation resonates with me more. Trigger, I just, I don't like the sound of it. I don't like it. (laughs) So activation. But when I reference activation, It is a similar phrase to trigger. So this comes back to trauma trauma management is a daily practice. Activations can happen daily. And just because a bunch of activations might be happening, that doesn't mean you're in a bad state or that doesn't mean anything bad is going on or uh, you're in more trouble. Any of these things that our mind might tell us, it's okay. Any activation you feel is medicine. So instead of getting annoyed or upset at the other person or at the, excuse me, or at the circumstance that activated you, find gratitude for it and dig deeper into yourself. Peel back the layers of the onion. Find the root of what the activation is so that you can find the medicine for that unhealed wound. And if you have questions about this, I'm happy to share more of specifics around that. But honor your process and set aside time to honor your process. That's all in the preparation for potential activation. So it might be journaling. Sometimes I grab a journal if I'm really activated and angry, which hasn't happened lately, but there was one time in the past like six months that... I did have a moment of like just annoyance and anger and frustration. And I just wrote fuck you across my whole entire journal. 
and just wrote out whatever it was like profanity whatever it needed to come out I just wrote it all out and then I took the ripped the page out of my journal and I burned it and I released it and I cleared my energy and I said what is not mine to carry I release and I what was the phrase uh, my friend Joe posted it recently about a cleansing ritual that I've been saying. Um, what is not mine to carry, I release. And I let go of the burdens of the past and I hold myself in pure light and healing and love. I am restored. I am recharged. And you can create your own version of that. But just know that it's okay to write crazy things in your journal and then rip it up and burn it. Don't leave it in your journal because energetically it's best to get rid of it. Um, if you are having an activation like that and then it's also a really helpful practice, which is one of the practices my friend Jessica De Leon, uh, mentioned, which is, um, something she learned in spiritual psychology, which is then self-forgiveness. So I always hold my heart and my, uh, belly with my hands, And then I go deep and I unpeel the onion. I usually unpeel the onion through my journaling. I get the anger out, the frustration out. And then I say, all right, what am I powerless over? What is unmanageable? What am I trying to control? What am I trying to manipulate? What is underneath that? How do I feel? What's going on? What's the why behind that? And I keep peeling back the layers, 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 layers. And usually what comes up for me is something from childhood. So I then hold myself and I say, just because I felt irresponsible doesn't mean that I'm irresponsible. And I am a responsible human being. I then forgive myself for whatever it is. And then I reaffirm in the positive of what I really am and what I'm moving towards. But within that, there is more inner child healing to do, which can be done through inner child healing meditations which again, I will be sharing soon. There's just so much fun content to share with everyone um, around healing journeys. But it's really to reaffirm to yourself that you are not irresponsible or that you are not whatever it is that might have come up for you. And to affirm in the positive of who you are, who you are becoming, even if you don't fully believe it in that moment, but that aids and supports in letting go and moving through it and always burn it. If you are writing something that is in a low vibration, you don't need to keep that paper. You can burn it safely, of course. So keep practicing patience, kindness, and love for yourself and for others, especially around activations. And this one, number five, Open up to support. Open up to support while being mindful of who you share your feelings, experiences, and dreams with. Let go of any assumptions and hold zero expectations. So I started my our adoptee healing and support group over a year ago because I realized I needed to talk to fellow adoptees. I didn't find enough spaces that 
were adoptees actually talking about the healing. I kept seeing spaces where adoptees just kept talking about the anger or the frustration or the low vibrations and not actually moving through the committed healing journey to get to the other side, to move past that, to get out of victimhood and into empowerment. So that is why I created this container, co-created it, and I'm so grateful for the adoptees that join it every week because we are committed to sharing space and supporting one another, whether that's on our weekly scheduled days or on other days when something might come up. And it took me a while. It took me years. It took me 31 years to realize I can only talk to adoptees about adoption and actually have them somewhat understand what I'm going through because they've lived it too. So within this process, I learned I can't go to my parents and expect them to have any understanding of what I'm talking about regarding adoption. It's been a big process of letting go of expectations for me, letting go of wanting someone to respond to my feelings or my share in a way, to just know that by me sharing, that is the healing I need. By me listening to others, that is the healing I need. And by me asking for help, that's the support I need, just knowing that someone's there when I need it. And vice versa. It goes for my sacred sisters, for my soul tribe, for my family, for my clients, for my adoptee family. Whatever it is, it goes both ways. And it took me a while to actually be okay with asking for help. And this past year, I've really let go of a lot of relationships. I have either pulled back or I have stepped aside or I have just distanced myself because I knew I needed to nurture the ones where I had the deepest containers where I could bring up anything and they could still co-create a container with me to hold that conversation, to move through whatever it is. And to meet me there. So a lot of that has been part of my spiritual journey of just holding those deeper containers with others that are on their deeper spiritual journeys, their deeper healing journeys versus, you know, more surface level conversations. And it's okay to shift and it's okay to nurture the deeper relationships because those deeper relationships, those containers will support you in up-leveling into a greater version of you towards your highest expression. And that's not to say friends aren't good or bad or whatever. It just, it's okay to focus your energy more on the relationships that you feel you're getting the most out of. And for me, I used to spread myself really thin. I used to have so many close friends. I still do, but I nurture specific relationships first. And the other's friendships are there. I know they're there. I know I can go to those friends. But I nurture the deepest container ones because I need the deepest containers. I need the deepest containers for those mirror reflections, for that growth, for that healing. And so it's okay to really nourish those and focus on those 
and still have the other ones be there, but just not to try to balance all of them all at the same time. And if you aren't feeling seen or heard or understood or appreciated or respected or loved in one of your relationships, it's okay to invest less in it. When you shift in your relationships and you invest less in one because you aren't feeling reciprocated, you aren't feeling respected or appreciated or loved or whatever it is, and you invest less in that, another door will open to a deeper container. I know because this has happened to me over and over and over again. Ah. Oops. Ah, okay. I'm totally, I'm gonna do this really quick. I don't have enough space on my computer to keep this going. So, <laughs> jumping back into this because I had too much, uh, not enough space on my computer to keep that video going. And I am not editing this podcast because I do not edit things. All right. Wow, we're at 52 minutes. So... Opening up to support and for adoptees know that the only other people who will have any idea of what you're experiencing are fellow adoptees and it's completely okay to ask for support. It's completely okay to ask for help, to lean on someone to cry on, to have an ear to listen to. It's completely okay. And be mindful of who you're sharing your feelings and experiences with. Other people won't understand what it's like to be an adoptee unless you're really an adoptee. So there have been so many times that I've wanted my parents, my adoptive parents, to have some sort of like reaction or response to what, to new information that I hear about my biological family or to a healing revelation that I've had and they just don't get it because they haven't lived it. And so honor yourself, honor your experience and celebrate you for you without asking for someone else to celebrate you too. Celebrate you for yourself first and find the people that will celebrate with you the way you'd love to celebrate yourself. All right. Number six, and we are almost done for those still listening, like, what the hell, Allie, you keep talking. (laughs) Number six, give yourself permission to fully feel. It is so important to fully feel whatever comes up because we are living in a society that shuns people for our emotions sometimes or labels us as things and stuff and it's just like come on we need to fully feel our emotions because when instead of repressing them or throwing them under the rug because when we fully feel our emotions and we fully experience the full experience we're then able to not only just 
allow for old wounds to become scars, but we're able to transmute. We're able to transform. We're able to evolve. We're able to alchemize whatever is going on. But if we keep throwing it under the rug, if we keep repressing it, if we keep saying it's not important, what are we saying to ourselves about ourselves? We're hiding ourselves. We're not letting ourselves fully experience life. Now, sometimes it's challenging to let ourselves fully experience some things. It doesn't feel good. It feels icky. It feels gross. It feels whatever. But when you gift yourself the opportunity to really, really feel something, even if it's something you don't want to feel, you're then able to move through it and you're able to transform it into something greater and you're able to get to a better place mentally, physically, and emotionally. And I know this because I have repressed so many things in my life so many times in the past six years. I have confronted nearly all of them. I would say all, but I know there's always more. And when I am able to sit in the discomfort, when I'm able to really face my shadows, when I'm able to really move through the darkness, life is more enjoyable. The more I've been able to grieve, the happier of a human being I've been. The more I've been able to sit in discomfort, the more joy I have felt every day. So give yourself permission to feel and know that by fully feeling something, you will evolve from circumstances and patterns that are no longer serving you or that are hindering your growth. You will evolve no matter what. Now, number seven. This is a really important one, and this is one I'm still working on myself. Uh, Stay in your own hula hoop by respecting and honoring other people's experiences and perceptions for being what they are, even if you don't agree with them. Now, you don't need to call people out for sharing their stories. If you're activated, that's an opportunity to look within yourself and find your own medicine and there's no need to project a wound onto someone else so the biggest one for me lately is that I am challenged with being okay with hearing about adoptive parents sharing their children's stories before their children are old enough to understand what adoption is or what trauma is or to even begin to realize how they feel And that they might have low vibration feelings towards being adopted. That it might not all be fireworks and unicorns. And so I know that this upcoming month, that's something for me to work through more. That's something for me to accept more. To accept that there are parents who are sharing about their children who are under 10 years old and about their adoptive stories and who are sharing it for the world. And at the same time that I think it's great that adoption is being highlighted more, as an adoptee, I am activated because I feel that the, ch- that the children I've observed aren't getting enough support from fellow adoptees and that the adoptive parents haven't 
talk to enough adoptees to actually understand how traumatic it is of an experience to one, be adopted in general and two, have your story out for the world with millions of people knowing about your story. And that's just the life and the world of social media that we live in. YouTube now, there are millions of subscribers to some of these YouTube channels about adoptive parents sharing their adoptive children's stories. And it's their story too, but at the same time for me as an adoptee, I feel that it's the parent's responsibility to create a supportive structure and a supportive environment for the adoptee. And that means talking with adoptees. That means talking with adult adoptees. And that means me letting go of trying to control other people and how they're parenting their children. Just talked myself through that one. But it's frustrating for me because I know that as an adoptee child, it would have helped me to have more spaces and containers for me to talk about being adopted with other adoptees and for me to talk to people who are older than me who were adopted so that I could understand their perspectives, what they've gone through, what they've done for their healing so that I no longer felt like I was constantly going to be rejected or abandoned any day of my life. And so seeing these stories and like this beautiful portrayal of gotcha days, which I hate that phrase gotcha day because I'm not a dog. I'm a human being and a gotcha day is just, it sounds so insensitive to me. (laughs) And so I'm still obviously navigating, accepting parents and social media and children's stories and social media Um, it's a sore subject for me because even though I love using social media myself and I love sharing my story myself, I'm over 18 and I have moved through a lot of blockages to have the courage and confidence to share. And I know that children don't have that universal perspective yet. They haven't grown to really understanding or understanding anything that's going on regarding their emotions and feelings or yeah it's just so much there so that is what I am committed to accepting more of this month is accepting that adoptive parents are sharing their children's stories before their children are old enough to share their stories themselves and For me, I do feel activated by that because I don't see, I don't see what's behind the scenes. I don't see if there is support. I don't see if there are therapists. I don't see if there are coaches. I don't see the healing, the support system surrounding the healing of the trauma of adoption for these adopted children. And so that's where my activation lies. And for me, that's for me to find my own medicine with it. But I know that going into this month, there is a potential for me to be more activated by that in particular, or for me to feel hesitant about sharing my own story as to possibly activate someone else. And 
it's okay to feel. It's okay to feel a certain type of way about something. But because I feel this way around adoptive parents sharing their children's stories before their children are old enough to understand <laughs> or to feel, to fully feel, and to decide if they want their, share, their stories shared, um, I'm not going to go and comment and say that it's inappropriate. I'm going to instead, if I do come across whatever it is, I will say, hey, it would be great for I would love to talk to you to give you a perspective about an adult adoptee or, hey, here's a support group. Or I would navigate it differently than how I would have a few years ago. Because a few years ago, I would have said out of anger or frustration that, you know, it would be great for you to think about the adoptee's perspective more. And the thing is, that's not for me to say. How can I provide more solutions to what's going on instead of throwing hate at what's going on? How can I meet something? How can I meet an activation that I'm experiencing by meeting it with love instead of meeting it with fear or anger or hate? Because every action we take either fuels love or it fuels hate. And I used to take the route of hate with certain things when I would feel activated or when I would get frustrated. I would sometimes take hate. I would feel hate. And I don't let myself do that anymore because that's just not who I am anymore. But it's a continuous reminder and a continuous analyzation of where am I at right now? Am I, am I being, why am I feeling this way? Why do I, why is this thought entering my mind to respond in this way? Is that a response or is that a reaction? If it's a reaction, I pause because I don't need to react. I can pause and wait and think about something, come back into my heart and then choose to respond. And with any activation, there's always medicine and if it's someone else sharing their story or someone that's sharing someone else's story or whatever the circumstance is, how can we meet that with more love, with more acceptance, and with more celebration for someone to have the courage to share? Because with sharing on social media, there's always a possibility of backlash, which has stopped me from sharing a lot this past year. And I'm now at a place where I'm like, you know what, fuck it. <laughs> this is my story. This is my life. These are my tools. This is what's helped me. These are my perceptions. If someone's on board, great. If not, great. I, this is what I'm leaving behind is what's helped me. Because I know that what has helped me will help at least one other person. And me letting a childlike moment of an unhealed wound of feeling unheard and feeling unseen block me from sharing medicine that might help someone else is me doing what is that doing I'm not serving as best as I can by letting something like that stop me from sharing medicine with someone who might need it so all of this to say stay in your hula hoop by honoring other people's 
experiences and perceptions and it's okay to be activated or agitated at times and in that unease how can you then connect to your intuition to phrase uh to paraphrase the gene keys which is one of my favorites uh just i don't even know how to phrase what gene keys is it's literally one of the most beautiful gifts from god through richard rudd um but with unease, that which I experience at times, unease is the shadow. And actually, let me double check this. Unease is the shadow. And for me, I then step into the shadow and I think, okay, what is this unease? How can I fully feel this? What's in this for me? And with unease, it then leads me to my intuition, which is my gift. And then the more I move through my intuition, how do I really feel about something? I can then get clarity on this situation, which is the city. And I'm not explaining Gene Keys that well right now. (laughs) However, that'll be another share. And another thing that I move through a lot with Gene Keys is agitation. And that's part of my life's work for Gene Keys is moving from the shadow of agitation into the gift of initiative, of taking initiative, then into the city of awakening. And I'm totally doing a disservice to explaining Gene Keys well right now. So excuse me for this because it's such a beautiful um, thing to unpack Gene Keys. But if you are feeling agitation, how can you then get to the gift of initiative? How can you take that agitation and find a way to initiate something to move from it to move through it and move from it instead of staying stuck in it and I used to let myself be stuck in agitation it didn't serve me well it didn't serve my relationships well um same with unease and moving into more of the intuition and more of the initiative has really aided and supported me And getting out of those spirals, getting out of that low vibration frequency, just because if, if an adoptive parent boasts about their kid's adoptive story and I feel agitated or if I feel unease or discomfort or I feel activated around it because I don't feel like that child is in a conscious space to decide if they want it shared... Am I that child? No. Is that my right? No. Do I need to throw hate towards someone else or can I find love? Can I find, hey, let's bring more solutions to the table. Let's bring more adoptive support groups to the table. Let's hear one another's perspectives more. And let's honor ourselves for being ourselves, for being on our own journeys and for everyone having their own journey, regardless of what it may look like. And so those are my self-healer tips for navigating Adoption Awareness Month and whatever may come up in our lives. Keep coming back to yourself. Keep honoring yourself. Keep being you and be you just for you. Don't be you to prove to someone anything. Be you just for you. And if you're going to prove yourself to anyone, prove yourself to yourself. May, November, 
come and go with ease and grace for all human beings everywhere, especially adoptees and adoptive parents and birth parents and biological parents, families too. (laughs) And may each and every one of us create more harmony within ourselves so we can all live harmoniously together. I love you all. Thank you so much for listening. And if you have any questions, if you desire any support, I am here. Our Adoptee Healing Support Group is held every Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific Time. And you can sign up at the link in the show notes or at AllieJamison.com. If you would like to be on the podcast and you've been impacted by adoption or you want to share your story about how you've adopted yourself, I would love, love, love to have you on the podcast. I have some, uh, you fill out the form at AllieJamison.com or in the show notes. And I'm just super excited to have just a whole bunch more adoption episodes coming your way for Adoption Awareness Month and more even throughout December and January too. So I love you all. Thank you for pressing play. And if you've made it this far in listening to this podcast at 72 minutes in, I love you extra because this was an extra long episode unexpectedly. So have a beautiful day of ease and grace and may you be met with love. May you love yourself more. May you love this life more. And may we love one each other more, one another more. I love you all. Thank you for being here. Thank you for subscribing and thank you for writing a review. I love you, love you, love you. And if you know an adoptee, please send them this podcast and let's connect. I love you. Thank you for being you.